You're listening to the What's Happening with Stage Lighting podcast with David Henry. He'll be giving you tips, tricks, ideas, news on new gear, and most importantly, help you make great lighting. Welcome to episode 2005 of What's Happening in Stage Lighting. In this episode, David and Crystal will be talking everything lasers. What the lifespan of lasers are, how you control them, how much they cost, if they can damage objects, if they can blind you, and they'll also tell you what you need to control lasers in the United States. What are lasers and how are they different from moving lights? Let's find out. Pew 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 pew. <laughs> pew 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 pew. Let's talk about lasers. What have you tuned into today? Who knows? You know, sometimes I yeah, sometimes stuff like this like is at the front of podcasts, and I never look at the playlist as to what's playing on my phone. I just hit play, and the next thing comes up. You know, and sometimes something like this comes up, and I'm like, what in the world did I subscribe to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's what's happening in stage lighting brought to you by LearnStageLighting.com. I'm David Henry, your uh, guy, and Crystal Lee is here to be our host. Hello, everybody. Because <laughs> I'm not the host. What are we doing? So today we're talking about pew-pews, which is a little slang, funny term that we use for lasers. Uh, we have the pew-pew guys. Um and, you know, there's tons of memes out there with a the little pew pew. So today we're going to talk about lasers. And this is a this is a resource that until fairly recently was kind of untouchable, out of reach. Uh, expensive. Was kind of a expensive, yeah. the dirty word, very dangerous. Everybody was scared. Uh, but has made a lot of advances and you see them not just in really huge shows, but they're being utilized for architecture. Now they're being utilized for small shows. They've been kind of in the club scene for a long time and that's probably where their birth was. So we still see them in the club scene quite a bit, but you're seeing them at house parties. You're seeing laser light shows instead of fireworks now. Oh, you see them. You see them in worship services. Yeah. Like legitimately. Oh, yeah. And conferences like in the church world. Oh, yeah. So they're really everywhere. And as a lighting person myself, this is not a topic I pretend to know a lot about. Um, And so I wanted to come on here and talk with David about this topic about lasers and sort of dispel some of the myths and, and really have a conversation so that if you're thinking about putting lasers into your shows or into your inventory, or you're just curious because as a lighting person like me, you've never really had a chance to mess with them, you know, we can help kind of guide you through some of these major questions that folks have. So totally. first, yeah. And on a, on a side note, whenever, whenever, thanks to myself, um, whenever my family and I walk into like a really traditional church, um, like for a wedding or something, my son's always like laser seats, um, cause pew, 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 pew. Oh, <laughs> cause pew, there's pews. Pew, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's um, funny. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my shout. All right. So <laughs> let's dive in. All right. 
So first off, David, what are lasers and kind of how are they different than moving lights, the technology that actually makes them? What what actually are lasers? Because we, we have this kind of Star Trek, Luke Skywalker kind of vision of lasers in our heads from the like bad, you know, sci-fi movies. But in our industry, actually, what are they and how are they different? What sets them apart? Well, Crystal, it's light amplification by stimulated emission of radiation. Doesn't that just answer it for you? And now you're like, okay, we can, the podcast is over. Play that outro oh, music, Oh, you mean JP. it actually stands for something? It's not just a word? <laughs> it's it's an acronym. Yeah, yeah, I don't, it is. <laughs> wow. I didn't even know that, to be honest. Okay, we'll see. You learn something new every day. Uh, <laughs> so what does that mean? I don't know. Um, I I think it has something to do with how they were uh, originally made and whatnot. But regardless, um, modern lasers are an LED source, kind of like a light. Um, The biggest difference is they can make pictures and words and stuff like that, more like a video projector. Um, But they shoot through the air, kind of like a light, except... They go really far because they don't spread out, right? Like, like lights, we say, oh, they have a beam angle, field angle. Like even some really tight, you know, beamy type lights might have a two degree, or you know, I know one that's really narrow that's a point eight degree beam angle, point eight, right? And that's really narrow, but lasers are far more narrow than that. That they use a completely different scale called MRADS to. Uh, to basically measure how much the laser spreads out over distance. It's not much at all. And so that's the first big difference is that it's a light source that doesn't really, that doesn't spread out over, over space. Um, It goes, and because of that, it goes really far. Um, So when you look at lasers and you see the power rating on them, like a 30 watt laser is a really, really, really bright laser. Um, You know, a, a five or 10 watt is, is great. You know, even two Watts can work for a lot of midsize venues, um, and be more than bright enough because it's very concentrated. Um, and that brings us to the, the video images projection side of it. Um, most of these people, most of these companies, when they talk about their laser products, when you go to buy a laser, um, what they're selling you, what they call it is a laser projector. Uh, and the reason why they call it that, I think, is because lasers can, they can shoot through the sky and make beam type effects, but they can also make words. They can also make basic uh, and even complex images. Um, they're able to change within full color, a lot of them. Um, and so that's where they get to be a lot different. And for that reason, a, a lot of times the the control side can seem really complicated, um, but it doesn't have to be. So you're saying most um, most modern lasers, the source is, an, did you say an LED? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, are there LED. still yeah. mercury yep. lasers there out there? Like something, there's... I mean... Uh, 
I mean, maybe, but like, I haven't seen one in years. Like, even like, there's a, a guy who does a lot of the laser shows like locally here. Like, if they're on an event, um, and it's not like a big tour. Uh, and you know, years ago he switched to all LED because it's just like the the lasers that had the various random I don't know what they were sources like a lot of times they were water cooled if they were big or they had really loud fans and they were big and it's just like, lasers went to LED probably they probably all switched over before lights did because it just makes it's just it's a really big advantage for them um, they also and as to the drawing pictures piece um, they draw pictures and patterns by moving really, really quickly. So it's like an Etch-a-Sketch drawing around. Um, of course, it can stop to make to make things that are separated that aren't all interconnected. But essentially, it's a single point that moves real, real fast. I mean, that's the technical term. Okay. And do you need some sort of special permissions to use them or only certain ones? Or, do you, you know, a lot of people are always asking us, like, what do I need? Do I need some sort of special permission? Yeah, absolutely. So in the United States, which is where we are, um, we have, from what I understand, the strictest rules for lasers in the world, uh, which is interesting. And uh, just because, like, in general, like, occupational health and safety and stuff like the u.s is not on the top for like the most stringent safety requirements in the world um we're not even close and so like and so it's just interesting that for lasers the the government is so strict on things um so for any laser in the u.s that is above i believe it's by class i believe it's above 500 milliwatts which is a measurement of the actual output um, it's actually like a meter that measures the the strength of the laser coming out. Um, any laser over that quantity, uh, you need a variance, which is like a driver's license for lasers, in order to operate. And, and when you do get that variance, you agree and you tell the government that you will do some different things, um, such as use an emergency stop, um, a way to shut off that laser instantly uh, if needed. Um, you will uh, fill out a little daily log. Um, it, it's it's honestly like driving commercially where you say, okay, this is where the lasers are going to sit. Here's how they're going to point. Here's my plan. I'm going to keep this um, a minimum of three meters above. I'm going to keep the beam three meters above any surface that an audience member can stand on. <laughs> and that, that wording is very particular. Uh, and it, because it allows you to do things on stage, you know, shooting lasers right past the lead singer, you know, through people who are, who are not facing them, et cetera. You can do things that you wouldn't be able to do with a general public type person. Um, because, you know, you brief the performers beforehand, like, Hey, you know, don't stare into the lasers. Um, and so to answer your question, you, you have to have a variance and I know my camera's bugging out, but that's okay. It's a podcast, um, in order to operate said laser. Um, um, it's not, how, how do we best say this? Um, it's not difficult to get a variance, okay? It is difficult to know how to answer the questions on the forms to fill out, um, but getting it and keeping it is is not difficult. It's not expensive. Um, and companies like Xlaser, who was the first to do this, offer a process that helps you and walks you through how to answer the questions. Um, basically because the laser variance process is designed to... Uh, give people the license to use lasers in 
primarily medical and construction and cutting and stuff like that, um, not entertainment. And so because the whole process is designed around a completely different industry, sometimes you read the questions and they literally just, you're like, this makes no sense with what I'm doing. Right. It's just... It might as well be in another language. Yeah, exactly. And, and so they help you know how to answer everything uh, in the way that is compliant and also, you know, allows you to do the things in entertainment that you got to do. Now that variance, correct me if I'm wrong, the FDA controls this. So the Food and Drug Administration, foods and drugs. That's right. It's nothing to do with lights or entertainment it, it comes from the fda they're the ones that control these variances so yeah that's yeah strange. and i believe that's because it, it probably first came up for medical use um the need to use la high-powered lasers and that's <laughs> who ended up with it um, and so it, it is a little bit odd and when i get my my email every year when I renew my variants that, um, that comes from the, the center for disease research and uh, the CDRH, whatever that is. Um, it's part of the FDA. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's weird, but, but ultimately that's who does it. <laughs> and that actually leads me to my next questions. Next question. Uh, a variance is one year. Yeah. So a variance is interesting because it, uh, and this kind of, if you're not from the U S um, welcome to U S law, it, covers an individual or a corporation. So a company can have a variance and train people to safely use lasers under that corporate variance. Um, a person can also hold one individually. And you need a variance. Oh, you said this earlier for anything over some amount of milliwatts. Yeah, 500 milliwatts. So you're going to see, you know, lasers from the DJ lighting companies that are fairly low powered and fairly cheap. And they fall, you know, just right under that 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 cap, right? <laughs> so you don't need a variance. Um, but anything with like a decent amount of power for stage use, when, when you want to be able to basically see a laser effect in a room that's not completely pitch black, um, you're going to be over 500 milliwatts. <laughs> so... In, light, in lighting, we talk a lot about atmospherics and haze. Uh, everyone knows you do not see light until it touches something. Um, are lasers the same? Do we need haze in the air to see them? There's outdoor light shows, and you can't control haze outdoors, but we can see them. But I, I imagine that's just humidity in the air. Do you need haze if you're going to use lasers, period? You really do. Yeah. you're. I mean... I should caveat that with, you know, one of the, I think one of the more famous light shows maybe, uh, are you familiar with Stone Mountain in Georgia? I have heard of this just recently doing research for this podcast. Yeah. So I literally, um, I saw that on a family vacation in the mid nineties. Um, they were doing this laser show and they still do it and they've been doing it a long time. Um, and it's a projection based show where they're shooting images and animations on the side of this big rock, um, which is a mountain maybe or a big rock, who knows? Um, and, and so, and so if you're just shooting a projection onto a surface, you don't necessarily need haze, but for most entertainment laser usage, you need haze or even better fog. Um, because the point of the laser is like so small and so fine that even haze, like, like it looks good, but like if you get like a fog machine and then pump it into the room instead of haze, 
you'll see that the beam is like twice as vibrant. Um, it really needs something in the air to catch on. Like, like I remember as a kid thinking of outdoor, there was a green laser show that they started at Hershey Park, which I grew up near, um, that they started doing. And, and it was to music and stuff. And yeah, they literally, from both, they had lasers like shooting across this field um, where you all sat. And from both sides of the field, they had foggers that would shoot out of the tower that these, these, that these lasers were on. And of course, depending on atmospheric conditions, you know, the fog maybe went, you know, 20 feet or maybe it covered really well. It just depended on the night. Right. Um, um, but, but you need, you do need something in the air for it to pop and look vibrant. That's, that's a, uh, a necessary item. Okay. So here's a question that I actually pulled off of a forum uh, today, earlier. Um, I'm a spot op, and I just heard that the next show that I'm working has lasers. Will they really blind me if I look into them? What PPE do I need to bring to the gig? Well, the good thing is, um, the good thing, bad thing, is, is it will really blind you if you look into them. but you're not going to look into them um, because lasers have the ability to set safety zones. Um, these are areas where they won't shoot. And the spot-up positions in that show will be a safety zone. Um, and so you will be good. Any A laser will fry a camera sensor like that, I mean, quick. If it sits on a single point or, or is just a pattern that's not like super wide and you get a camera sensor in that, that spot you're going to, you're going to fry the camera sensor like that, you know? Um, and so lasers are dangerous and that's why you have to have a variance and why in the U S you have to have an emergency stop and why there's rules about how you can use them, how you can shoot them and stuff like that. Uh, when, when you are looking for places, it's, we, we like to think of it like shooting a gun. You want to look at where the laser's pointed, what's past that object, per se. And then like when it, where it's pointed, not necessarily what's past it. Cause it's not like a bullet. It's not going to go through something, but are there reflective surfaces? Are there cameras? Are there places people could be? All of those become safety zones that you black out, that you don't send the laser. In. Um, that's why a lot of times too, like in arena shows, you'll see that the lasers very carefully hit, you know, the various, um, the lines between the levels, of the, of the stadium or of the arena. And then they'll go up in the ceiling because, um, they, you know, that's, that's a key thing. And even when they go up in the ceiling, um, that's where the laser department is going to work hand in hand with the rest of the production and make sure no one's in the ceiling when they're running lasers, um, because that's very critical. And then at the end of the show, you know, the rigging department who else are going to wait for the laser team to clear that area to let them up when you brought up the point about camera sensors so uh common practice is if you've got projectors in the air you cover their lenses if you're using lasers so that that the lasers don't go in the lenses because from what i understand they will damage the projectors if it if it hits in the lens yeah i think it's the same thing where you know you've got a lens yeah, you've got a lens that as the light comes out of the projector, it expands, which means if you shoot the other way, you focus it into a really tiny spot into some sensitive electronics. And yeah, that's that's what we call a bad idea, right? Uh, <laughs> but in terms so of like, not, yeah. 
Yeah. So if you're not familiar with lasers and you have a show coming into your venue that is using lasers, a good precaution might be go ahead and cover up those projectors um, as a precaution. Uh, or if you've got like uh, in a church situation, cameras out in the house or whatever, and you're not going to be using them, go ahead and cover those lenses so that it doesn't accidentally go in. You hope that there's a qualified laserist coming with that show. Um, well, that's the thing, because if, if they're not a qualified laserist, they're going to get sued and their liability insurance company is not going not gonna to cover it. Um, but if, if they are a qualified laserist, they're going to be holding a lot of liability insurance uh, to cover uh, that laser show. Um, but, but I mean, like, I don't think it's really that valid maybe to worry about somebody not being careful with lasers, um, because you wouldn't last long before you get sued like a lot and you're out of business and like way, way gone. Um, uh, they are serious, but anybody who's operating them, uh, should be thoroughly aware of any potential stuff like that and, and, and be on top of letting, you know, Hey guys, you gotta, you know, cover these cameras so we can set up our safety zones etc. You know, always good to kind of know what's going on. We know a lot of shady things happen <laughs> in, in dark alleys. Um, no, in entertainment, shady things where, who, what? I've never heard of that. So, you know, just, you know, cover yourselves and cover your butts and your equipment. If, uh, especially if you, if you get the gut feeling, just go ahead and cover up your lenses. Um, so we talked a little bit about DJ lasers um, and that they're they're kind of just it's pretty much the same. They're just lower powered. And these are a lot of the ones that are readily available on the market for reasonable prices. What does a pro like if I'm going to a big arena show, what is the cost of those lasers? Are we talking 10, 15,000? Yeah, right now, um, a professional grade laser typically sits around a thousand dollars per watt, uh, roughly. I mean, that's that's super rough, and of course, as inflation moves on, you know that'll go up. But uh, an arena size projector often is like a twenty or thirty watt laser projector, um, and so at a thousand dollars a watt, that's how much it costs. <laughs> you know, twenty to thirty k per projector. Now that being said. A lot of times, a given laser projector can visually appear like multiple moving headlights. So you think about a moving head on a show that size, and it's going to be a $10,000 moving head. So uh, sometimes, like, adding lasers to the show is just as expensive as adding more moving lights. Um, and so it is a tool. It's interesting because, you know, they used to be just outrageously expensive, hard to cool, heavy, big, all this stuff. Now all that's gone and they're down in a cost level where if your stage is already covered well by moving lights and you are looking for that thing to add that extra pop, um, and you go, Hey, you know, adding two or three moving lights of the size of my space wouldn't really make that big of an impact, you know, because you've got a lot already. Uh, that's the time where you might want to look at lasers. Yeah, that that actually is a really good point because it, it definitely adds a very different dynamic and it can do just different things. Um, and I know now there are kind of like hybrid lasers that can even spread out and almost make a wash. So, um so that's cool. That's their technology is, you know, kind of starting to blend more. But yeah, 
good thing to add if you've got a great rig and you're looking to for some more pop. So uh, control. Let's talk about how do you control them. Do they need their own console? Can we control them with our lighting consoles? Is it a joystick situation? What are we talking about for control here? Well, that really depends. Um, you got to decide your end goal with lasers. You know, how how do you intend, what effect do you want to get out of it? And how do you intend to get there? Um, because if you want to do text and you want to do graphics that like look like animations and stuff, uh, then... In that case, um, in that case, you need to use generally a laser software. Um, and so if it's like entry level stuff, there are the laser cubes, which laser OS, which we can get through X laser, uh, through learn stage lighting gear. That's learnstagelightinggear.com. Uh, just reach out to us. They're not on the site yet. And, uh, but we can get them for you. Um, and, uh, and then, um, where's I going with that? Oh, and then the other types of lasers, um, that you do text and graphics and stuff would typically run the Pangolin software. Uh, so there's like quick show and beyond the quick show is kind of like the more entry level package and beyond the fancier, you know, pro grade package. Um, and, and that software makes it easy to do text, to do graphics, to do stuff like that, where you're projecting it on a surface. Now, if you want to control lasers as lighting, meaning you're doing the typical look like you've got lasers um, going on and behind the stage, shooting beams out, you know, in the audience, up in the air. I mean, not physically in the audience, but above the audience, um, though there are audience scanning lasers and that's that's a whole different deal. Um, but it's it's the next level. But but just above the audience, up in the air kind of stuff. Um, and you just want to be able to, you know, do all kinds of scanning patterns, you know, liquid sky effects, um, different shapes in the air, uh, that look like moving lights and things like that. Um, then, then that's a really great option because, um, that you can control from a lighting console. Okay. But what makes the laser different and interesting and why I like to say it can take the place of like four moving heads is because you take a laser and say you like fan it out wide into like these fingers of light of laser shooting through the air, right? That kind of looks like a gobo coming out of a moving head, okay? It's got a similar effect as like a beam moving head with a gobo shooting through the sky, okay? With a beam moving head, you can then take that gobo and what can you do with it? You can rotate it, right? Um, you can change the color, but even on a beam fixture, you're probably not color mixing. It's going to switch manually, um, and be a hard cut between different colors. Okay. With a laser, you're shooting this pattern through the air. It looks kind of like a gobo, like a light, but a little more vibrant. And then you can take that and just start morphing it and change the shape of it and make it bigger, make it smaller, uh, you know, do things with it, make it move in ways that a light never could. And that you can control from a lighting console. Um, that's where I really like X Laser's Mercury system because what they've done is they've taken all their lasers, they all their Mercury lasers, which is like all their professional ones, um, but they started at a two watt unit. Um, that's around, I think it's 2600 right now at the time of this recording. Um, of course, everything will go up in the future. Um, but all of them run this same software called Mercury so that you control it from a lighting console just like 
moving lights. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about it. And you can, with the way their software works, you basically have these different mercury builders within the laser. You can have it basically as like four different lighting fixtures and have like all these different looks ready to project and like switch between them in rapid fire or fade between them. Like there's, there's so much more depth you can go to with them, which is, which is what's cool. And, and while it used to be, you know, back in the day, right, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, you know, it had to be a laser guy who was sitting on a laptop running this special laser software. And that's how it had to be today. It doesn't have to be that way, um, which is really, really cool and really neat. So we're going to step back to uh, more of the safety things. This is another uh, forum question that I found. When um, a person had seen a video of lasers projecting words onto an LED wall, and their question was, how is this accomplished? Because I was under the assumption that lasers would burn through anything they touch, like my back wall, LED wall, or a curtain, if they stayed for more than a few seconds. So can we talk a little bit about is that a myth or is that reality? We've talked a little bit about cameras and sensitive electronics, but what about curtains, LED walls, which are electronics, um, and back walls? So you talked about the mountain, which obviously they've been doing that show for years. It's not affecting the mountain. But is there some sort of rule, like don't leave it for more than three seconds or, you know, can you crack an egg on it or whatever? No, I mean, I, I think it's, it, it is going to be relative to the power level of the laser, but like pretty much anything that's not like if you put the laser in a single point and focus it at an object, yes, you can set things on fire. Um, but when you then make it larger and make a shape, you know, now that laser's etch-a-sketch tracing over that thing constantly. So every inch of that surface gets a break. Um, ultimately, I can't guarantee here on this show that something is going to burn up or not burn up. Um, but, you know, in general, as long as you're not doing like a super simple, you know, tiny shape on an object, there's not that much heat generated like like it's safe like like you can put your hand in front of it you know if it's moving around and it's you're you're not going to feel it burn or anything like that and and lasers just on the safety side like at the at the levels that we use in entertainment like they can hit your skin it's not really the amount of radiation you're getting is not much you know you're getting more at the dentist when they give you an x-ray right like um you know it's on a plane yeah yeah <laughs> okay um so we talked a little bit about sky writing and graphics. What, what is this graphics file? What, like, how do you make, how are they made? Do, do project, do lasers have a certain file type that they want? Or can I just like go get a clip art off the internet and put it in the software? How does that work? Well, I mean, it depends on your software. Um, most of the softwares have a lot built in. But if you are bringing an image in, it's going to typically be an SVG type image. Um, and the difference in that, basically, if you have any uh, computer graphics background, which big plug, if anybody's a student um, in high school or whatever, is I took an art class back in high school called Computer Art and Design. And that has helped me out in my career more than anything else. Just knowing the basics of like computer graphics and the different types of programs and how they work. So in SVG, basically the difference between that and like your JPEG or ping image, like your regular images is that within the file, 
it knows like all of the lines within it and how they sit. Whereas a regular image is just like all the pixels. Like it's just like every pixel, you know, if it's 300 by 300 pixels, it's 300 by 300 dots of color, right? That make up that image. Um, and the laser software, some of them can like trace this kind of stuff. It doesn't always turn out as well as a actual, like an SVG type image, um, which, you know, you make in Adobe Illustrator or something like that. Um, and so that you are able to, uh, to trace it accurately. Okay. And I believe there are sequences for lasers that you can purchase just like there are sequences for, uh, pixels for Christmas light world. And, uh, we don't really buy sequences in entertainment, live entertainment, but I believe lasers have the laser world has sequences that you can purchase. Um, but I don't know how that works, but you know, in my little research today, I, I came across some sequencers that sell that kind of thing. So might be something to look into, uh, if you're looking to get into something a little bit more complex other than just shooting rays. Um, yeah, exactly. That's, that's kind of out of the typical lighting person thing, but I think that does exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do your own research there, but one other question, what is the general lifespan of a laser? Is it similar to a uh, moving light where it's like 10,000 hours or do we know what the typical lifespan is? Yeah, I, th I think they are. Of like a consumer grade laser? Uh, or, I mean, consumer grade sounds like something you'd use in your house, but, um, but for, you know. Like not the $10,000 one, the more affordable starter lasers. Let's just say that maybe. Yeah, no, like, like I know I've talked to the people at X laser a lot and they're a great resource. Um, a lot of these lasers, you know, it, it's kind of an, it depends type of situation. I think, um, like the LEDs themselves, you know, they're going to last as long as any other LED. They're going to last a long, long time. Um, it's more about the motors inside there that are constantly moving and the alignment of them. Um, which I believe like if you're handling them a lot, you know, if you're doing touring shows, they're going to take a lot more abuse on that than if it's permanently installed. Um, and that's why companies like X laser, most of your laser manufacturers, they're going to offer the, the ability for you to send that laser in and pay them to, to realign the thing. Um, and it's not expensive considering the cost of the laser and just something that they advise every few years you do because it's going to keep it at its brightness, it's going to keep everything accurate, you know, coming out of it, um, and, and, and get it going for a, a longer haul. So that's going to be the kind of maintenance of it is send it off, get it recalibrated. That's pretty much other than put it in a case and don't punt it down the football field. That's exactly. pretty much you know, the maintenance. There's not really much you know, else. Yeah, they're fan cooled, so you know, clean the dust out of the fan intakes. <laughs> but yeah, they're not a high maintenance item. Um, they will last a long time if you take care of them. You know, it's just uh, yeah, they they do occasionally require that realignment, but not all that often. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, those are my basic questions that I kind of had, and just so everyone knows, um, please go to the Learn Stage Lighting YouTube page. There are uh, there is a laser playlist with with about nine videos spanning the last few years. Uh, a few of them that I saw this morning. How to begin with lasers. It's been updated last year in 2022. There's a review about the Laser Cube and some comparison videos about the different wattages of Laser Cube, which is a popular choice for people looking to get into lasers. 
There's a video about blending lasers and moving lights together in one show to kind of give equal play um, so that your lasers don't just blow away your moving lights and become the star. There is a way to kind of blend them together to make it look cohesive um, and more videos. So definitely go to the Learn Stage Lighting YouTube, uh, subscribe to that. And if you're looking to get into lasers, we do have several videos there for you to check out. Um, as far as other research, David has mentioned Pangolin is a really great resource for uh, laser information. And I believe they partnered with Quant, I think is how you say it, Quant, K-V-A-N-T, and made a full educational uh, website for lasers. So there's lots of resources out there if you're looking to maybe break into that as a a skill set that you want to offer people, or if you're looking to put lasers on into your venue or onto your show. So that's our Pew Pew episode, everyone. Thanks so much for being here. <laughs> yep. And check out X Laser as well. That's who I made uh, our videos with as well, because they're just um, previous to Pangle and making videos. X Laser was definitely the leader in education out there, and uh, they've got a lot too on their YouTube. Sweet. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you guys in the next episode. As always, if you have any questions about lighting, you need something, you need a place to buy it, you got to buy it somewhere. Hey, we're dealers for all the brands, man. We, we want to help you at LearnStageLightingGear.com. Not only do we listen to you, you can write in, we can ask you about your space, we can give you an honest recommendation. Um, oh, goodness. Should I go on a rabbit trail here? I don't know if I should go on a rabbit trail here. Um, do it. Do it. Okay. So. You started. Okay. So there is, you know, a place online that has a liquid that's sweet, that's all we're going to say, that sells lights and audio. They sell a lot of audio. They sell some lights. They sell a lot of lights, too. They're a big company. Um, I got on a call with a church a few weeks ago, um, before I went on vacation, that had bought a bunch of stuff from this place, and, you know, their sales engineer had given them this recommendation. It was a really traditional church. And they went and bought some little Chave moving lights that literally just did not fit their space in the least. Like, it made no sense for their, this church to spend their money in that way. And it frustrates me to no end when some of these companies make these recommendations because these salespeople, like, literally know nothing about lighting. Um, but they sell it, and they sell packages that... Like, they sold these people a bunch of lights and no cable and a console, and so they're hooking them all together with mic cable, and they're having issues, and the software they sold them was not a good software, um, but it was the software um, that um, they were able to sell, um, you know, and so and so they sold it, and, you know, this church got into it, and we're on this call, and, you know, um, and... And it's like, it was such, like, everything that they bought from this place was such a bad fit for them that they ended up completely frustrated, and that's how they ended up on a call with me, because uh, we do paid Zoom calls with people. And it's frustrating that it had to come to that, because had they come to us, we would have recommended the right stuff the first time. Uh, we wouldn't just oftentimes, like, the software they ended up going with, LightKey, is an awesome software. And LightKey doesn't have dealers. We can't make a dollar on selling it. Well, we can actually, we have an affiliate link you can go through. I didn't even give them the link. I just sent them to Lakey's website because at the end of the day, that's what we're about is recommending the right thing 
being in it for the long term. And so when you come to us at Learn Stage Lighting Gear, that's what we do. And we prevent people from buying stuff that's a bad fit from their space. So you get the right thing the first time. Okay, rant over. But please, head over to LearnStageLightingGear.com. Email us gear at LearnStageLighting.com. We love to help. Have a great Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the What's Happening in Stage Lighting podcast. If you're interested in purchasing any gear, please visit our stage lighting store at learnstagelightinggear.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please listen to our other episodes on Apple, Spotify, or Google podcast platforms. Don't forget to grab our free beginner's guide to stage lighting on learnstagelighting.com. Learn Stage Lighting, helping you create great lighting.